0: It's that time. The Sports Talker. Here's TJ Walker.
1: Hello everybody. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Sports Talker. This is TJ Walker ready for an exciting full week of radio show. Happy to be here. Good weekend. Weekend obviously always goes by too fast, but here we are getting this week Going, we're not too far away from the PGA Championship in Louisville at Valhalla. AAU basketball is coming to an end. It's uh, really ends today. The AAU Nationals in Louisville finish up. Louisville commit Ray, Raymond Spaulding. is playing in the championship game at five tonight. But after that, AAU will be over. Recruiting for the most part in basketball will take a bit of a break, and then. Really, it's only football to, to talk about, football to look forward to, fall camp starting pretty soon. And then it's, it's going to be the time for the season. Uh, there'll be, I guess, the, the Bahamas trip for UK is coming up, so that will obviously be newsworthy. But we're getting close to the, 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 the final stretch of, of being away from football, and I look forward to being able to talk about that going forward. Plenty of other, uh, today I wanted to spend some time, like, I, like I've like i mentioned before, catsillustrated.com, we're doing a, a series discussing every freshman basketball player, and we've been doing that the last few years. And we're also doing a series ranking the top 25 football players. So today on the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about in, the impact of these freshmen in basketball, what to expect, but also in football, because there are going to be plenty of freshmen that, that I could see making a leap a uh, significant leap from high school in having to to instantly make an impact their freshman years this upcoming season for Kentucky. So we'll talk about freshmen. We'll talk about some of the young guys. There's some threads on our message board asking about some of the freshman basketball players and what to expect. I it really, if you if you look at it, it is probably the the worst freshman class it, since Calipari's been at Kentucky. The, the other one that maybe comes to mind is UK's 2012 class with Netherlands Noel, Willie Cauley Stein, Alex Poitras, which is a, a pretty good class. Not really great from John Calipari's freshman ex- expectations, uh, as none of them, with the exception of Netherlands Noel, but his season obviously ended. Uh, was cut short. None of them really dominated their freshman year. Archie Goodwin was the other guy that rounded out the, the end of that class. So you had three five-stars and one four-star in, in the 2012 class, Willie Cauley-Stein being the four-star. 2014, the same thing. You've got three five-stars in Trey Lyles, Carl Anthony Towns, and Tyler Uless, Devin Booker being the four-star. It's certainly a different type of class for John Calipari. He doesn't have his big point guard. He's got a very small but skilled point guard. doesn't have any of the athletic, just the more athletic players on the floor. He's always good for, for having just a freak athlete on his team or in his class, and that's not the case with this one. Instead, it's a very skilled class. It's more of a class that you would see maybe uh, Duke land or uh, – uh, a lot of stars but a basketball skill set that's already developed that's what john calipari has here so we're going to talk more about that later in the show as always tweet in at t walker rivals love to hear what you have to say today what's on your mind what you want me to talk about uh, yates is in the studio yates how are you
0: doing well how about yourself
1: doing great uh, did you, have a great, did you have a good weekend? Anything Anything of note?
0: Uh, no, not really. We went up to Northern Kentucky to visit the in-laws.
1: Okay, well, that sounds like a nice little weekend. I uh, had to make my way to Lexington one last time in my house. Uh, th- I've done the show from there a few times. Uh, I'd lived in that house in Lexington when I was a student, and then when I worked directly full-time rivals for about four months there, I still lived in Lexington in that house and moved out in November or December. Finally had to move everything out. The lease is up. I officially have no place to stay when I have to work in Lexington, which is kind of a bummer. It's always nice to have a place to be able to relax. And now I guess I'm just going to have to work in the media media break rooms, which uh, you get a lot of work done because you really have nothing else to do. Sometimes they have food and drinks there. If they have that, then it doesn't make it so bad. So that final, one final little hootenanny Annie in Lexington, it was it was enjoyable and in an era for sure. But I, I, but now I'm I'm officially no longer a Lexington resident. I'll be happy to have to stop paying rent there. Another thing I wanted to talk about today: fantasy football. Uh, I know a lot of my listeners obviously play, obviously have an interest in it really leagues shouldn't be that far away from from the draft maybe 3 weeks away for some people it's about 2 weeks away for my league uh, it's July 28th, so within the next month i think most leagues will be drafting so i'm definitely going to spend some time over this next month talking about it and It's a, it's a keeper league, which I've discussed on here before. And uh, there's – it's a it's – a, we've done this league for 10 years now. Uh, this will be the 10 year. So we've done it nine years. This is going to be the 10th year. And we've had the same six, seven, or eight guys. And then the other four spots have – some people have stayed for three years or four years, and that's where you get some give and take. But uh, about four years ago, five years ago, we decided to make it a keeper league. And it's been really fun, but a lot of people don't, not a lot of people, but a few people, a vocal minority, want that changed. And again, if you don't know what a keeper league is, every year you get to keep some of the players on your team. Uh, we uh, There's different setups from league to league. Ours is you keep two. There's no restrictions on who you can keep. It doesn't matter where you drafted them. It doesn't matter where you finished the year before. You get to keep any two players on your team, but you have to keep two. And you go from there. Some people don't like the Keeper League, and we're having our first league meeting tonight. We take this league very seriously, which is uh, kind of ridiculous at times for a fantasy league. But it certainly makes the falls more fun. It makes the football season more fun. But we're having our first meeting tonight, and one of the discussions on board is, is what are we going to do with the Keepers. I'm very pro-Keeper. It's the only Keeper League I'm in. So the way I see it is if, if you want to have a regular fantasy football year where you have a fresh draft each year, you can do that anywhere. But this we have this keeper set up. Then we have this keeper system set up, and I'd like to see it say the same. So I'm interested to see how these meetings are going to go tonight. Again, we take it very seriously. We don't really have much going for us with the exception of this uh, these fantasy football leagues. But uh, it, should be a, it should be a good show today. I'm going to talk a, a little bit more about fantasy football Later in the show, I'm, I'm really torn on who my keepers are going to be. I, I finished, uh, I don't know exactly. I think I finished sixth in the league last year out of 12. I was a first-round exit in the playoffs. Don't have a great team, haven't had a great team in a while. Really, if people want to get rid of keepers, I'm probably one of them that, that would want to because I don't have many good ones. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is a guy on my team that I'm certainly going to keep. I, I don't like that he's holding out. I don't like that he won a Super Bowl last year. I don't know how hungry he's going to be, but he's a uh, a guy that that will surely be kept on my team, assuming he's going to play this year, which I'm sure he will. And then after that, I'm really torn. Yates, I might have to take some of your I might have to take your advice into heart here. Uh, my other options are, are this.
0: You'd be well served and, to take my and, advice, TJ.
1: Well, there we have it. So that's uh, this will make this uh, this whole process much easier. So I've got, here's my options. Wes Welker is who I've kept, I think the last two years. Yeah. I loved him when he was at new England, when he moved to Denver, I was kind of worried about it and rightfully so didn't have a great year. He'd either, uh, he'd have some big games, but mostly it was just pretty average. Uh, I wasn't thrilled uh, with his performance last year. So Wes Welker's an option. Pierre Thomas is an option. He, he, put up uh, a decent amount of points in our league last year. But again, that's kind of a running back by committee in new Orleans. And and they're going away from Pierre Thomas as they're getting more comfortable with some other options. And then my other options, no Sean Moreno, who's now with Miami again, not, not really thrilled with any of those guys. I guess my other option could be Anquan Bolden who had a really good, a really good year last year, but now you've got Stevie Johnson down there that wouldn't be, I don't think a wise decision to keep in. did catch did catch seven touchdown passes last year, so so Yates out of those options, I mean it's it's pretty grim. But who would you who would you like there?
0: All right, r- rattle through them one more time: Marshawn Lynch, Noshawn Moreno, Anquan Bolden. Pierre
1: Thomas, Pierre Thomas, Anquan Bolden, Wes Walker. Got to keep uh, uh, two of them. I, obviously, Marshawn Lynch is being kept.
0: Yeah, I, I would say of those, you probably are going to want to keep. Marshawn Lynch and, and Wes Welker.
1: It is a PPR.
0: Well, that that's so, lends even more credence to the Wes Welker pick. Uh,
1: but Noshawn Moreno put up more points in Marshawn Lynch for me last year, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, he was also playing with Peyton Manning last year, and he's not playing with Peyton Manning next year or this season.
1: <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, you're right I, about I that. I had Noshawn
0: Moreno, too, and he was great. He Helped me out a lot, but I would not touch him this year.
1: So you're thinking West Walker? I just I worry about West Walker. I worry about obviously he's getting older, uh, has a history with injuries. One more headshot and he's going to be out of the league. But I, I guess he is. I, I mean he's he's a safe pick in my opinion. You know he's going to catch a couple passes each game. And I think the better the other Broncos receivers get, the more attention they'll get. So that could be a good thing for Wes Walker. But sometimes they use Wes Walker just as a decoy. They just use they just have him run short routes knowing he's not going to get the ball to try to open up stuff down the field. So I, I'm gonna have to think on this a lot tonight. We don't have to, we don't announce our keepers until the draft, and, and our draft is just a beautiful thing. We get a keg. We go to one of our buddies' house. Last year, we went to one of the, his parents. His parents were out of town. Remember, we're all just anywhere from 23 to 26-year-old. So, yes, we still have get-togethers at our parents' houses when they're out of town, especially the one with the pool. So we had a third house, got a keg. So you announce your keepers an hour before the start of the draft, and then you get an hour to kind of cross out the people on your cheat sheets that that were kept although you generally have a good idea before of who people are keeping, and then you kind of get to an hour to strategize before the draft. It's really a good time. So I don't have to make any decisions anytime soon, but I, I'm definitely torn after Marshawn Lynch. Uh, even Marshawn Lynch I'm not thrilled about. My quarterbacks last year were Joe Flacco, Tony Romo, and Matt Ryan. All of them were very underwhelming. Uh, it seems like I started the wrong one every game. They would have a bad game. The other one would be decent. I always get burnt out on quarterbacks. I've always had this draft strategy that after about five or six quarterbacks, and you have to remember those quarterbacks are generally kept in my league. After those five or six quarterbacks, I I think that there's a huge drop-off. And after that, quarterbacks ranked maybe 7th through 16th on any given week can put up big numbers or put up stinkers. So that's always been my philosophy. It's never really worked out for me, so maybe I need to prioritize a quarterback heading into this year. Yates, what's your, what's your draft strategy?
0: Um, I mean, there's only – I think there's really only a handful of quarterbacks that you take early. So, I mean, you can probably get a decent quarterback if you wait a little while.
1: That's what I always do, and it, it doesn't – it generally doesn't work out for me. I've In this league, for nine years, I've never had a dominant quarterback. I've always had the the Eli Mannings, Tony Romos, Matt Ryan's caliber type of guys. So, but but then again, I'm kind of in a bind because the Aaron Rodgers, the Peyton Mannings, the Drew Breeses, the Cam Newtons, those guys get kept. So I can't even get those guys if I tried to. So uh, do I do I maybe go for a blockbuster trade? I don't even know how appealing Marshawn Lynch would be for a blockbuster, but. I'm really in a bind, Yates. I, I need to I, I I need to spend more time maybe thinking about it. Uh, any advice?
0: Um, get a new roster. <laughs> 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 I, I I I don't want to rub it in, but I haven't really been impressed so far. I mean, I I don't know. Well, it, it probably it, would have been good last year, but as far as this coming up season, it doesn't sound. I, I was appealing. decent
1: last year. Like I said, I finished sixth. I think I was the the. I don't know what seed I was in the playoffs, probably the anywhere, the sixth or the fifth seed or something. Uh, I won some games that I should have won. We do. If you win the points each week, you get, I don't know, you get like 10 bucks back or something. So I won points three times, uh, but then I would lose some games where I'd put up just the, the worst points in the league, very inconsistent team. And, and it, it basically, it just wasn't a good team. I'm always so high on Dwayne Bowe and he's always terrible. I mean, I'm done with him forever. I'll never get him on my team again, even if he's the only free agent option out there and he's having a great year. He has burnt me too many times and I'm done with him. Uh, so he's he's out. He's a guy that I've had on my teams. I didn't have any tight end presence whatsoever last year. That uh, I, I think tight end is, is becoming kind of a, a game-changing position in fantasy football. Is if, if you can have a good tight end, one of the, maybe the top five, and that gives you a huge leg up on everybody else because I only feel there are a few sure-thing tight ends. Uh, so maybe that's going to be somebody I'm going to look out for. Obviously, Jimmy Graham's going to get kept. So the Keeper League adds another dimension to the league. Uh, are you just a, a straight-up, every-year refresh, hit the refresh button, Yates, on your fantasy football leagues?
0: Well, we have been. I've, this is the, the league I'm in. It's been going on for a while. I, I think this will be my seventh or eighth season in this league. And it, up until this point, it had been just straight-up redraft every year. And then the commissioner, a month or two ago, floated the idea of making it a keeper league, which I was all for. And he actually went through the process of changing it. We used Yahoo. He changed it on Yahoo and everything. And then I was on there the other day and happened to look, and it was just back to normal. You know, no, Nobody on anybody's team, and we're going to draft sometime or another. He said there were too many people that complained and had too many questions, so he just didn't feel like putting up with all the whining and changed it back. So I was kind of disappointed because I had a pretty good team last year.
1: Well, here's the thing about the Keeper League is if you're going to do it, you have to announce it early. You have to announce it. He announced
0: it pretty early. I mean, it was... was
1: Well, you you need to announce it the year before, really.
0: Well, I mean, I don't... I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I don't know that... I mean, you're going to draft this year if if i found out now that it was going to change to a keeper league after the season i don't know that i would change my draft stat strategy necessarily
1: you you probably wouldn't change your strategy dramatically but let's say you were between two guys and and one you really liked the upside, and then the other one was wes welker which you knew was a sure thing but maybe uh, you know he's his long-term future isn't great so maybe you take a chance on a, a younger a guy in year two, that's where the key that's where maybe you, you have some different strategies in drafting. And that's a problem that our keeper league's facing right now, is that every year right now what we're doing is we're voting on whether to make the following year a keeper league. And some people are starting to get upset about it because a keep the idea of a keeper league is that if you're smart, maybe you hold you draft a guy or you hold on to a guy that you think's gonna be a star. And then he can turn into one. So one of my buddies has Alshon Jeffries, and he thinks he's going to be awesome. But he's got a pretty loaded team, and he's not sure he wants to keep him if the keeper might end after this season. But if he if he knows that it's going to be going on the next three to four years, he might want to keep him there. So that's why I think it's important to to, to know your future of the league. Uh, I, I could see why people would be upset if all of a sudden – your commissioner saying, "Okay, this year's going to be a keeper league." Uh, the people that probably finished top three in the league last year would be ecstatic about that.
0: I was one of those.
1: Uh, well, I'm sure I, you were. I'm on a bit. It. I'm on a bit of a drought in in fantasy football. Uh, I, three years ago was just my money year. I won a champion. I, I I don't try to do more than two leagues, but I always end up in three, and I will never do more than three. I'd never do four again. I've done it before. It's just stupid. So. Three is my cutoff, but I, I try to keep it at two, so I'm always reluctant to get in the third, but I always do it. I swear, it was about three years ago that I, I won two out of my three leagues. Uh, I was on top of the world, and then since then, I've, I've been making the playoffs, but just not really ever threatening. So I need to get some mojo back uh, and figure out what, uh, how to change. But I'm, I'm starting to think that a good quarterback is the key to any good team in a fantasy football league.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, they have gotten a lot more important over the past several seasons as the NFL changes the rules and makes the league in general more pass happy league.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, and then uh, the PPR dynamic—that's a that's a debate for another day. Anyways, we're gonna head to our first commercial break. Plenty more to talk about. Gonna talk uh, when we come back from the break. We're gonna talk freshmen football and basketball. So tweet me who you want to hear about. Uh, who do you think is going to make a big impact on either either sport? So stick around here on 1450 of the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. I need
0: dollar, dollar. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz.
1: We're back here for the second segment. Had an interesting commercial break. Of course, I do the show from home. Uh, that's where I work, and it's where I spend most of the day working and doing radio, doing my radio show at home. But, like I mentioned on the show last week, had a little addition to the home, a puppy, that we got uh, about a week ago. And so it's been challenging with the radio show what to do with him. And I think in, in, as far as puppies go, I think he's a pretty good puppy. obviously needs a lot of attention, uh, does, has his accidents in the house, will chew on anything he can get his mouth on. Does those things, but for the most part, sleeps through the night, doesn't whine, doesn't mind being in his crate, does uh, does pretty well for the most part. But during the shows, I've just been putting him in his crate upstairs, doing the show downstairs. Uh, he'll may, maybe whine for a minute or two, but you, you can't hear it on the airs, obviously. But I heard some, before the last, the end of the last segment, heard some serious barking, whining. I think that was his way of telling me he had to go to the bathroom. So over the commercial break, went upstairs, let him go outside, do his business. And now. Cause all sorts of chaos and you'll probably be able to hear him. So I've got a little patio area outside. That's where he currently is. Might have to pay more visits during the commercial breaks, but uh, the, uh, always, always something going on on the sports talker. And at this this time, it's it's puppy news. Uh, the final four of Kentucky's kickoff music is here, and UK wants you to vote on it. We're down to Bud Dupree's N- <laughs> Nuck if you buck, Braylon Hurd's who run it. Blake McLean's down, and Zadarius Smith's We Ready by Archie, which is kind of, uh, I, when I think of that song, I think of Louisville. So I, I think that would not be in UK's best interest if Zadarius Smith's We Ready won. But today's semifinal matchup is between Bud Dupree and Braylon Hurd. Knuck if you buck versus who run it. Uh no, no, if you bug crime mob and who run it by three six mafia I'm going to place my vote for who run it and right now that is trailing no no it's winning okay it's winning 51% to 49% 546 votes to 531 so it's pretty close so UK fans if you care about this at all make sure you get online to vote it's a uh, for the kickoff music, UK, this is on their BBN first page. They're, they're trying so hard to make football games more appealing to certain fans. But you know, the most simple thing is just just to win. And, and what can they do to win? They're building a certainly a, more of a winning culture with their recruiting classes. Now they're going to have to win to, to make that turn uh, complete. But what freshmen are going to help do that? The one that comes to mind right away is Drew Barker. For most UK fans, what to expect out of him. What can he do? He might not even play. He might even redshirt. So the biggest freshman of UK's greatest freshman class might not have a huge impact. That I think that would be in UK's best interest. As I've said on the show before, letting him get a break. But if he is the best quarterback and he can prove that, then what can you do if you're Kentucky? So he's obviously the freshman that comes to mind from day one. After that, there's certainly – I'm going just right down the roster list offense, and then I'll go to defense. Freshmen, there are plenty uh, of wide receivers that could make a big impact. Dorian Baker uh, is a a very versatile guy that I think UK's coaches are expecting a lot out of. Blake Bone, another freshman that could be – that could they're going to ask I think to do some things he's six foot five he's UK's biggest receiver on the team Uh, a great threat in the red zone I wouldn't be shocked if they if they did decide to redshirt him but I think UK is going to be thin on wide receiver and they're going to ask him to do to do a lot Uh, at least get some reps in Thaddeus Snodgrass was one of UK's highest ranked recruits coming in they'll uh, I'm curious to see how he, what he's able to do. So those are, uh, so far, the freshman receivers, I, I think, are going to get a lot of play. Uh, Daryl Long is a tight end that I, that I could see playing a lot. So on the offensive side of the ball, you're going to have a lot of freshmen playing. That's not good news in the SEC. That's not good news for UK. But it might be good news for the future of UK. Uh, and if these guys can have a positive impact on the team, then you have to feel good going forward. And eventually, it will get to a point for Kentucky where you're not having to play freshmen all the time, and maybe you'll have one or two that are that are good enough that can break the rotation. But this is still just the aftershock of the Joker Phillips era at Kentucky, and they're not completely over it this year. That will be better, will be more improved, but still a little ways away. You don't want to be playing freshmen as much as UK is. At the offensive line. I think Kentucky is going to be able to avoid playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of true freshmen right away, and that's obviously a, a big deal. Uh, I, I talk about it. The skill position, it, it's risky, and it's uh, its not certainly not UK's preference to play, but even more so in the line because that's where – games are won and lost in the SEC like every other conference. You put a freshman up there that's 18, 19 years old. He's obviously not physically as developed or mature as a senior, so it, it just won't work that way. On the defensive side of the ball, as important as Drew Barker was, Matt Elam was just one little step behind, and it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to get some playing time this year because it's uh, it, it's a very thin position a defensive tackle and he's a very highly ranked recruit. Now he's obviously out of shape and he's got to lose a lot of weight, but he's a guy that I think most fans, when they think of freshman on defense, it goes straight to Matt Elam. So I'm curious to see if he's going to uh, get a chance to, to make a big impact. And DJ Elliott, the defensive coordinator was talking uh, rivals. Our site had him as a three-star and some other recruiting sites had him ranked much higher than a three-star. DJ LA was asked about that and basically said, I'm going to go with the not rivals. Uh, And that wasn't his exact quote, but he, he hinted that he is good enough uh, to earn that ranking that he received on some other websites. So that's, I think that's a positive sign. Uh, I was talking with one of my friends and they were saying, well, he wouldn't say that he was bad. Uh, I'd, don't necessarily agree with that. I do think they would say, well, he's got a long way to go. Uh, You you see flashes of potential, but he's got a long way to go. Elliott flat out said that he he looked pretty good. He was looking to make an impact right away. So He's the guy, the freshman that a lot of people are looking at. Adrian Middleton's another one. uh, and Lloyd Tubbin, Denzel Ware are two more, but those, uh, those are defensive ends. Kentucky's pretty loaded right now, defensive end. so I wouldn't expect as much out of those guys. Linebackers, the Greek freak, as his nickname is, Nico Frios, the linebacker from Florida, uh, he might he certainly will get a chance. It's a, like we've talked about it so many other spots. It's a thin position for Kentucky, so he might get a chance. And then Dorian Hendricks is another linebacker freshman that I, that I could see making. Uh, An immediate impact. I think those guys are going to be some that are uh, the middle, the linebacker position, the defensive tackle one is, is very important for Kentucky because it's thin. You lost two experienced guys from last year, but those guys last year weren't great. Mr. Cobble, Dante Rump were not, they were good, but not great. Not SEC good. And so I don't think it's a huge loss for Kentucky losing those guys, but it does hurt from an experience standpoint. I do think you have more talented guys in there, but they have to develop. They have to know what it's like to play in this conference day in and day out. So I, I'm curious to see how they're able to develop. And then but the linebacker position, you're losing Avery Williamson, and you were already thin last year. Some of those freshmen might have to make an impact right away, and they're going to be asked to play a lot and do a lot of things, so they're going to be thrown right into the fire. I, I think the linebacker position is one you need to circle for UK, and if one of these freshmen can end up being a a pleasant surprise, then that's going to go a long way for the future UK's defense for years to come. Clayby one sixteen tweets into the show. Plenty of teams play. We ready before, in the, he says the NFL, the Falcons do it, and they did it before Louisville. That, that, but, you know, in this area, Clay, I'm not saying Louisville invented it, but in this area, when people, like myself and other people, hear uh, We Ready, they, they think of Louisville. It's just saying. I'm not saying it's even that, I'm not saying it's the best song to play before kickoff. And I think Louisville even did play it a little bit last year. So you can't just, you can't you got to go a different direction than that. You, that's just what you have to do, Clay. Continuing on, just running through the freshman. defensive back is going to be a huge one. UK not having Mike Edwards, who it didn't enroll for this upcoming fall because of an injury, which is really a fascinating thing in itself. And I, I don't have any inside information here, and I haven't I haven't really talked to anybody about it. So this is just coming. This is just my opinion. There there has to be something more there. About him not enrolling, even if you are, do have an injury and you are getting surgery, you'd still at least enroll and go to class and be able to sit in on meetings and film and get a feel for it, and just have a medical redshirt for that year. You wouldn't even have to use your real redshirt. So, but the, that's not what uh, Kentucky decided to do. It makes you wonder if maybe there were some academic concerns, which also makes you wonder: is he ever going to get into UK? Uh, you, you certainly hope so, because he's super talented. He's, he seems like a uh, a good guy from all from the interviews and the stories that I've seen Justin Rowland have. But for him to not enroll because of an injury doesn't really add up. As you have it, the plan is for him to get to, to Kentucky in January. Obviously, if he does that, all this is a non-story. You would have liked to have him uh, there earlier. But still you still certainly have a bright future ahead of them so some other freshmen that will be on campus the defensive back is basically Darius West is the only one that's going to jump out at me as a guy that UK really needs a lot from uh, he's another Ohio guy was a big get was wanted by a lot He's going to have to be become a leader this year for the defense, and again, that will go a long way for his career at UK and the defense UK plans on building over the next four years. So for me, the most important freshman, Matt Elam for UK, for UK football. I'm not going to put it on Drew Barker because I don't think he's going to start, if I had to guess right now. So, I can't say the most impressive important, one of the most important freshmen is going to be a guy that might not even play. Matt Elam, I do think eventually he's going to play, and I think UK is going to need him to play. So, he's certainly one of the most important freshmen. Uh, Darius West, who I just mentioned, is up there as well. And, and uh, I think I have to go. Really, I'm focusing on the defense because that's where I, I, if you're UK, I think your biggest concerns come on the defensive side of the ball. So, so any of the freshman linebackers I think you could pick out and make them a priority for what Kentucky's trying to do. Replacing Avery Williamson is, is the biggest hole on this Kentucky football team. So that's it from the football side of the ball. I'm They, they got to be good. The freshmen have to be good. And I think the freshmen last year for UK did a good job. But you saw that even having to rely on the freshmen then, Ryan Timmons, Uh, had a big season and did a lot of good things, but it just shows that if you have to rely on freshmen, you're not going to win a lot of games. And Kentucky's going to have to rely on freshmen this year. They're going to have a little more help from older guys than they did the year past. But it just, again, it shows the uphill climb that UK is going through and so far so good, but UK football fans need to give it more time and be patient. A little basketball recruiting news uh, before we head to our final break, Antonio Blankney, Uh, who Kentucky recently offered, kind of got in late. You didn't hear much about him over the past six months. And then finally, Kentucky showed some interest. Uh, He made a list, his final seven today. And uh, Kentucky and Louisville, he's, I would say, Louisville's top target right now. Certainly, he's a shooting guard from Florida. Very talented, but very, uh, he's about 6'3", but very skinny, a very small frame. It'd be interesting to, if he were to go to Kentucky to see him in a backcourt with Tyler Eulis, cause that would be not, that would be very small, but he cut his list down to seven. And uh, he tweeted it out, Florida state, Louisville, Missouri, Kentucky, Oregon, LSU and USC. Now, what I thought was interesting was uh, Florida, which he had been mentioning and I've talked to him a couple times, and he's always mentioned Florida as the home state school, and Billy Donovan was watching him last week. They get cut, which surprised me. The other interesting thing is you've got Kentucky and Louisville, uh, two powerhouses in basketball, and then after that, you've got a lot of head-scratching programs that are trying to land a five-star. Florida State, Oregon, LSU, Missouri, USC, all those schools are – uh, I mean, uh, I guess appealing in their own way for a five-star. Maybe you go to those schools and you dominate from day one and you get all the shots you want and you can score as much as you want. But in terms of making a deep run in the tournament, none of those teams are any that are that are jumping out at you with the exception of Kentucky and Louisville. Now here's the other interesting part of, of his final seven schools. And this is a big target for Louisville. Like I said, their top target. And he's becoming a, a big target for U.K., He's one of the best scorers in the class. I'd probably put him at the number two best scoring guard in the class. He's a big target for all these teams. But only one Adidas school, and then you've got six Nike schools, and he played on the Nike circuit. So I do think Louisville maybe led for him or leads for him because they've been on him the longest And they are uh, definitely the best program that have been on him the longest. Kentucky, again, just is new to the party. So if I had to guess today, I'd probably say Louisville leads. But I I do, I I am looking at that and kind of scratching my head. You've got six Nike schools, five of them not known for basketball, uh, not known for basketball really at all. Not a lot of success out of those five schools. And then you've got Kentucky, a Nike school, which is good. And then you've got Louisville, the the lone Adidas school on the list. So I'm not really sure what to make of that, but it is interesting nonetheless. Kansas was another Adidas school that was kind of recruiting him. They were getting in on him late and didn't make the cut. And then you had Indiana. You had some other Adidas schools that that he wasn't super high on to begin with. So uh, make of that what you will. But, again, one of the top targets for both Louisville and Kentucky. Looks like they're going to go head-to-head on another basketball recruit. We're going to head to our last commercial break. I'm going to go out and check on the dog. And then we're going to talk about the basketball freshman for Kentucky. So uh, stick around, and I look forward to to doing that. I had to break down Trey Lyles' games on the message board today, so I'll share that with you all. Getting some subscription House of Blue info for free. So I'm sure you all can. Uh, that just the thought of that alone will get you through this commercial break. But stick around here on 1450 the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back.
0: Happiness is the truth because I'm the happy alone if you know what happiness is you Because I'm happy alone if you feel like that's what you want now back to the sports talker with TJ Walker
1: we're back here on 1450 the sports buzz. A little puppy, Abe, that's his name, is doing well. Visited him during the break, and he's outside having a good time. Did kind of chew up this uh, little small American flag we had up here, which isn't uh, very patriotic for a dog named Abe. But uh, he's he's enjoying his time outside. Pretty Pretty good little puppy. Anyways, talking... Now the incoming freshman for Kentucky. Now a subscriber had asked some questions about Trey Lyles. The, uh, he had picked Louisville over Kentucky, which in hindsight was a, I think, a good decision for him, and not a huge loss for Louisville with Montrez Harrell coming back. I guess there is a small chance if Trey Lyles had committed to Louisville, which some people did think was the favorite during that recruitment. Some people, uh, but if he had, did commit to Louisville, I guess there maybe was a small chance that could have helped push Montrez Harrell to the NBA. I, I don't think it probably would have mattered, but maybe it could have. But as we have it, he's at Kentucky and he is the only real power forward with the exception of Marcus Lee on the roster. Certainly more skilled and talented than Marcus Lee, but somebody was asking what his game is and, and how he's going to fit in on this team. And it's interesting because he's not a Calipari power forward. He's not Patrick Patterson, which obviously wasn't recruited by Calipari, but he's not uh, Terrence Jones either. He's not overly athletic. Uh, I wouldn't say he's slow, but he's not fast. Uh, And I wouldn't say that he is, um, you know, a great scorer, but he can can shoot from, he can even knock down some threes, but he, he definitely has a 15 footer. Uh, he can hit those shots. He, he's not going to ever torch a defense for, b- with his shooting, but he can knock them down uh, consistently enough where defenses have to respect it. And also, he's not uh, dominant on the block, but he has shown some good post moves. So he, he can do a little bit of everything, but he's not maybe great at one thing. He's a good defender. He's a good rebounder. Uh, he can block shots. One of the knocks on him in in high school and AAU, that there was times where he looked like he wasn't trying. Sometimes that can be him, things just being kind of too easy for him with where you see with a lot of top prospects in in high school and AAU basketball. Uh, Other times it could be just that he is lazy. He's taking plays off or uh, sometimes it could just look easy and uh, you, you see that happen too. So, I think he's going to – I think he's gonna, I don't think he's going to be a one-and-done, in my opinion. I think he wants to be, but I don't think he's going to be able to put up the numbers and maybe even get the playing time that he's looking to get right away. So I think uh, he's going to be around for two years, and I think he's going to be able to contribute in certain ways, but he's certainly not going to be a dominating freshman or a dominating player for Kentucky this upcoming year. So that's Trey Lyles. Uh, People were wanting me to compare his game to somebody. Uh, One person mentioned Carlos Boozer. I think that's okay. Uh, I think that's a a solid comparison because Carlos Boozer certainly isn't overly athletic. Uh, Another comparison, uh, I think, is Perry Ellis, the power forward at Texas. Now, Trey Lyles is much bigger and and stronger than Perry Ellis. But I do think that's a, a good comparison in terms of what to expect them to do offensively. Again, defensively, I think Trey Lyles is a little bit better. Uh, a little bit stronger, and we'll be able to guard bigger guys. However, uh, I, I think it's a good get for Kentucky. I do think he'll be a guy that's going to be around for more than one year. Anyways, let's move on to uh, stay on the front line. Carl Anthony Towns, who so many people are high on, and you see him at so, top of some of the draft boards in 2015, and there's no denying you love a seven-footer that can score from the perimeter, that can knock down threes, that can – uh, has a good post game that has played with the Dominican Republic national team for uh, nearly four years, has gone against some awesome bigs, Al Horford, uh, to name one on the Dominican Republic national team, but also uh, has played games against Anthony Davis in the United States uh, Olympic team back in 2012. So uh, he's, he's gone against some really good guys, and the NBA teams absolutely love him. And he's got a, a unique skill set for a big guy. Now, I need to see it click for him. Uh, he, For his size, he at times got pushed around by smaller people. And Carl Anthony Towns is a big dude. He used to be kind of this long, lanky guy. Now he's uh, put on uh, – there's a little baby fat there, and he's put on some weight. But that's not necessarily a bad thing for him. So you gotta you got to see him defensively not be able to get back down. He's an underrated shot blocker, which is what I've been trying to tell people. UK's front line is going to be a great shot blocking front line, as it often is with Calipari UK teams. I do think Carl Anthony Towns is going to start. I think you're going to see him start at the four, but you're going to have a seven-foot four man for Kentucky, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, defensively, he's not going to be able to guard out of the perimeter, which could be a problem for him and for Kentucky. Uh, I think he'd be a good to play alongside with Willie Cauley-Stein, a, a guy that can defend out of the perimeter. But Carl Anthony Towns def- has some defensive liabilities in terms of where he can guard on the court because he's just not quick enough laterally. So a very talented big. I, I wouldn't put him at the top of a draft board, but I, I would certainly say he's a, a top 10 pick, certainly a lottery pick. I'm curious to see how that translate o- translates over at UK. He's a guy that Got a couple triple doubles last year for his uh, high school team and loves to score. We'll see how much scoring he can do at UK. Uh, let's go to the scoring guard, Devin Booker, who actually maybe is going to be more of a small forward on this team. Uh, he's the only four star on the team. I, I think he's not going to make a huge impact. I don't think he's going to shoot as well as other people are thinking, but I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a Kentucky two or three or maybe four years and is going to have a very solid career. So I don't think he's going to uh, be unbelievable this upcoming year, but he's going to play uh, off the bench a few minutes here, a few minutes there. And I think that you're not going to have, he certainly won't be a liability on any aspects of the game. And I, I think he might surprise people. He might even surprise myself and could end up being, Uh, a significant piece down the road on this Kentucky team. And then Tyler Uless, I I don't have enough time left in today's show to talk about how big an impact I think he's going to make. I think he's going to play uh, the most out of the freshmen with the exception of maybe Carl Anthony towns. Uh, He's going to be a fan favorite. at UK won't take long for people that haven't seen him. uh, When you do see him play for Kentucky, you'll instantly fall in love with his game, with his effort, with his energy level, despite him being five, nine, 150 pounds, he can, Get anywhere he wants on the floor. Nobody can really stay in front of him. Uh, He obviously has a tough time finishing at the rim at his size, but he's developed his game to be able to shoot over uh, big defenders. Uh, Basically, anybody guarding him is a big defender when you're at 5'9", 150 pounds. Has a decent three-point shot, uh, pretty good for a point guard, and just uh, will be the best passer in college basketball next year. So UK fans are in for a real treat with Tyler Ulyss. Defensively, uh, he obviously can – Go laterally with anybody in the country. He's very quick on his feet. Uh, can get back down, but again, he he's adapted. He's been a, he's been the small guy in the court uh, his entire career, so he knows how to play being the small guy on the floor. So I, I'm not I'm not worried about his size. I don't think you should be worried about his size. Uh, he's going to make a big impact this year. He's just what the Harrison Twins needed because in practice he, every day that Andrew or Aaron Harrison has to guard him, they're guarding the guy that. Is their worst nightmare. Uh, is their were Is the worst. Or is the type of guy that torched them last year. So UK fans will fall in love with Tyler Eulis. So that was a little freshman preview show today, and also talk some fantasy football. Uh, so thanks for those that that did tweet or text into the show. It wasn't as many, but it's a Monday. Everybody's kind of getting back in the groove, the work groove. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more sports tomorrow, and I look forward to having a full week on the radio. So, thanks for listening and uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday. This is 1450 of Sports Buzz, the sports talker with TJ Walker. We'll talk to you soon. Goodness, good, like KD, nephew, Rich, it's okay, I'll be in with your boys to the river, and we're the, the back way. We
0: don't mind who you just ride to the rhythm, have a sip in the sunshine. The bluegrass rose In the country cold wind
1: below Where the city of life still glows